Welcome to Your Company Health Podcast, where we highlight the success stories of entrepreneurs and business professionals. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast, uh, the show where we highlight the success stories of business owners and uh, professionals. I'm your host, Andre Wright, the owner of the Wright Consult Digital Marketing. Today, we have a very special guest, Mr. Dean Fusto. Uh, Dean is a 2020 uh, recipient of the Klingstein uh, uh, Fellowship at Teachers College, uh, Columbia University, and also the president and head of uh, Brandon Hall School, uh, an international boarding and day school serving students uh, in grades six to 12. Dean, welcome, and how are you? I'm great, and I'm really honored to be here. I love your podcast. So anything I can do to, to get a chance to talk to you, jump right on it. Thank you so much, Dean. And it's a pleasure to, to have you today. And I know that you're going to bring a lot of value to the show and uh, and, and talk about uh, you know what, what you're doing in the community. So, Dean, to get things going, I want you to tell us uh, uh, your your background and how you, you started in the education space. Yeah, to, you know, I I bring it all back to the roots. My mom and dad were you know basically just high school educated folks who had a dream to own a restaurant. They were entrepreneurs before the the word even became a buzzword. Um, and had a little place in St. Augustine, Florida for 50 years. And I worked in the restaurant from the time I was a kid. They just instilled in me, you know, the the power of relating to people, understanding people, serving people. So as I kind of moved through that that world with them and watched how hard they worked, I, I definitely had a love for the, the, the work ethic. But I've always been someone, too, that cared about service and also very deeply curious. So you mix all those things together. I kind of gravitated towards a profession where I could serve others. I could kind of fulfill my curiosity and also kind of give that to my students, the people I worked with. So all of that kind of brought it together. And, you know, Andre, throughout my career, I've always had trajectory changing moments that are due to mentors, coaches and people who had influence on me. But it started with my mom and dad. Fantastic. Uh, I wanted to tell us about, uh, because I'm, I'm interested to know more about Brandon Hall and, and, and why you decided to be a part of this institution. Yeah, so I have been in the education space, and educational leadership space for 30 years. A lot of that time was up in New England, where it's much colder than here, right? Um, but uh, the opportunity at Brandon Hall came up, and it was one of those rare moments where you're presented with a, the possibility to have kind of a, a tabla rasa. Brandon Hall's been here in the community in Sandy Springs for 62 years. Mm. And I, I was brought on five years ago and basically given the, the ability to paint a vision for the school to bring it into the future. And the school is such an amazing mix. There's nothing like it in Atlanta. We have our day students that come from all over the city, but we also have dormitory where there are as many as 80 students who come from all over the United States and all over the world. You just don't get that mix anywhere else. Such a unique, a unique experience. So it was that combination of things. And also my love to return back south where I grew up. Um, it, it was really, you know, a no brainer for me. And uh, I've loved every minute of it. All the challenges and all the, the good, the bad, everything. Fantastic. Fantastic. And Dean, and I know, you know, for, for me having kids, it's, it's, it's tough to, to deal with kids. It's, it's really tough. So, so uh, you know, to, to, to do this for a period of time that you have been doing it, it has to be that 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 deep passion, that deep zeal. 
uh, just to uh, work with kids. And uh, I, I, I really applaud you for that. And, you know, and, and just listening to you, it's a, it's, it's a fantastic story of, uh, you know, how you started and, uh, and why you're, you're, you're doing this and, and do, doing this for the kids. But I wanted to talk to us about youth leadership. And I also know that you're the founder of the, the Center of uh, Global Youth Leadership at the school. I wanted to dive into that a little bit more and talk to us about that. So I'm going to unpack first the concept of leadership the way I define it, because I think it's you can go into any bookstore or on Amazon, you're going to find thousands of books on it. But for me, it is something very, very specific around when it comes to kids, at least helping students find their voice, helping them own their ideas and believe in them. And even if they come up against a wall or fail, giving them that resilience, that grit, and all the while knowing that they have a support net in place that is their school. And it starts with me. It starts with the relationships that I that I like to have with those kids. The Center for Global Youth Leadership, um, I founded the second year at Brandon Hall. And the concept was, let's bring students from all over Atlanta, all over the United States and all over the world together for a one three week period. Give them the power to take an idea from seed to flower, from A to Z, start to finish. That's the gist of the program. So in in those three weeks, um, we have them really work on their idea, refine it. Uh, They get lots of feedback on it. And again, they have to own it. But they're also learning. There's about 30 different leadership tools that I, that I, I give to them from all different sources that have impacted me as well. The, the program has a Shark Tank pinch pitch uh, midway through, and then it ends with a really large uh, kind of a mock conference, a little bit of a TED talk that the students do. But all the while, they're not only working on their projects, um, but they're really working on those leadership skills, how to collaborate. Again, finding your voice, finding what you believe in, taking ownership of it, building confidence. Those are all, how could you not love that stuff, Andre? That, that's what keeps you... Keeps me going. My my toughest moments are when I'm not at school. <laughs> when when we're on vacation, I can't stand it. I need I need to have students around. They're they're like the energy, right? But yes, they are. They are. And you know, we're we're talking a little bit before about you know the age of of social media and all the noise. You know, uh, with kids within this age. So how would you say uh, you get them to focus? You know, uh, if you could if you could tell us about uh, you know a success story of you know someone who uh, came to the school and and then you 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 saw where that person just took off and it's just it was, that that just kept you going. Yeah, so there's a lot of examples like that, and I will give you one. But when you talked about that ability to focus, I'm going to give you one technique that mm-hmm. I actually teach in the the course. So the pomodoro in Italian is a little it's a tomato, and there's these timers that that look like tomatoes. I guess they're used in kitchens, right? Okay. But the technique itself is you you. You take an, uh, a project that you're working on, it could be big or small, and you set that timer to, let's say, 15 minutes, and the devices are off, and it is, it is teaching you how to focus and just work there, be very single-minded. That's something that we will do every single day in the program. So my hope is after 16, week, uh, 16 days in the program, that'll be something students will take with them, and they'll remember, hey, you know, I do have an option other than just being on the phone all the time, Right. I, I know how to do focus. We learned this. We practiced it. I know it works. So that's just one technique. In terms of ideas uh, of stories uh, on kids, the most recent one, uh, we're going to talk about the micro grant program later, but I have three students this year 
One boy was international border from Vietnam. The other two were both local Atlanta, one girl, one boy. And they had seen on the campus a kind of an, a, a desolate greenhouse that had just been, again, desolate, dead, nothing happening in it. And they applied for um, one of the micro grants that we give at Brand Hall, where we will fund a student passion project. So we they went through the whole um, protocol and procedures of applying for this grant, micro grant. They won it. And literally within four months, they transformed that whole greenhouse to now where wow. it, it has the ability to be something that they will continue to work on throughout the school year. There's an entrepreneurial piece. They were already selling vegetables and produce out of it. Uh, and now it's on our website. There's a, you'll see it, it's called the homestead. Now from that has grown a chicken coop and this whole concept of a little mini farm on our campus that will be totally student run and faculty advised. That's just one idea. One thing that's real, right? To me, I would love for every student in this school to be able to have a passion project funded, something they care about. And again, something they'll take ownership of. So there's there's lots more examples I can give, but that's the most current one. And that's that's fantastic, Dean. And uh, you know, by just listening to you, I, I can see the strategy and I can see why this will work because obviously your school is like an environment to... Uh, for 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 kids to you know to to find their why you know right. to develop that passion and uh, I'm telling you when you know when they develop that passion of this age you can you know that they that is something that they can propel them uh, to their to their to their their career what they want to do in life and Andre you know for something like that when we talk about finding your why especially with kids we have to make sure that when we say that that happens in a school that there's real evidence of it. So that, I, that is something very important to me, that there's evidence of it. So that story I just gave you, again, there's countless stories I could share. But yeah, just imagine a, a school environment where that kind of activity is happening all the time, where students have to, to be bold enough to say, yeah, I have an idea and I'm willing to see it through. And it's going to have some kind of positive social impact because that's the other piece of these projects. It has to have a positive impact mm-hmm. on the school community and culture in some way. Fantastic. And, and what, what you, you, you spoke about that, I want you to talk a little bit more about the curriculum. curriculum. Are, you, are you focused more on, on, on entrepreneurship or, or is, it, is there a piece about with, with science? What, what, what's the mix? Yeah, the, the mix is, you know, you'll, you'll find here the, the, a pretty um, uh, mainstream U.S. education curriculum. But what makes it different is there are lots of choices for a small school. We have lots, lots of flexibility. For example, students who want to do the AP work, right? We have our AP classes and honors classes. But we're also one of the few schools that's been, that is recognized as an IB world school. So we do have students who are also on the IB diploma track starting in 11th grade and finishing in 12th. There's also a student support center. So there's all of those types of things in place to give students choice. Lots of afternoon activity choices as well. But I think the the difference piece is those other areas that I mentioned to you. Because of our size, we have the ability to have incredible connection and impact on our kids' lives, right? And, and to have them work on those projects that I explained to you, there's room in the curriculum for that. A lot of places, the curriculum is so fixed, you just can't, you can't make those kind of detours and turns, right? But here, that's possible. 
over and over again. One more thing I would just add to that, because I don't want to forget this piece. We're talking a lot about kind of the, the day student experience, but in the mix of that, the kids who are here as day students in Atlanta, they're also arm in arm, shoulder to shoulder, eye to eye every day with kids from Nigeria, Equatorial Guinea, Jamaica, the Bahamas, China, Vietnam, and I can go on and on. Where do you get that? You know, where do you get that? It's amazing. Tell us about the percentage of local versus international. What's the mix like of, of students in your program? This, well, we're grades six through 12, but this past year, um, we, we were about 55 day, 45% boarding. Some of that I think was due to COVID for sure, because a lot of the kids who in the past would be able to come here, all the embassies or most every embassy was closed, right? As you know, it, it, was, a, it was a tough year for boarding schools in general. Um, but in, in the ideal mix for us would be a 50-50 mix. So you have just that right balance of day and boarding. And we try to, even within our boarding community, let's, I want to make sure I emphasize, a lot of those kids are domestic. They're not all international students. They're just from Florida, Texas, New York, different parts of the country. So, so uh, Dean, tell us, what, what's your recruiting uh, process? Because I know you're, you're international, but are you aligned with, with other schools abroad? What's, what's your recruiting process? We have about 12, what I call global partnerships. So there are students all really uh, schools throughout the world where we have relationships with either um, we, for professional development reasons or because, yes, they may send students to us. We're trying to look at also more exchanges where our students have opportunities to go there. We get that request sometimes most recently from a school in Panama, a partner school that wanted our basketball team to go there and travel. And they reached out to our coach. So that, that the international piece does give us a lot more interesting opportunities that a typical school may not get, right? Right. And that's great. And Dean, by, by just look by just looking at your site and, and, and reading information, you know, you, you tend to think that you're 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 mainly a boarding school, but uh you 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 correct you were corrected me earlier that you're not just a boarding school, but you have a huge uh it's it's also a day school. So I want you to dive into that and talk more about the day school. Yeah, we we are literally on 24 amazing acres. You need to come come here soon and see it. 24 amazing acres in Sandy Springs. We're right on the river. Uh, a lot of this campus is a wildlife preserve. So there you always see the deer roaming and lots of other amazing birds and things like that. Nice. Um, but we also have about I think it's about a dozen partnerships with local community organizations because our students are required to do service work. Uh, five big projects a year. So we're very involved in the community in that way as well. And then the day program is basically an 8 to 3 p.m. program with the option of our day students staying after school for all of our different um, sports teams. We have a robotics club and a, a great arts program with the Atlanta Workshop Players who has their, their, all of their operations are on our campus. They've been in Atlanta for 40 years. So there's just, there's so many great opportunities for day kids in addition to having that, that mix with our boarding students. Fantastic, fantastic. And Dean, uh, you know, I know I can't believe time is moving so moving so fast. <laughs> we could go on and on forever. Uh, but uh, as you know, we're in the, the greatest pandemic of all time, right? So what are your policies and protocols uh, in your school? Yeah, so when the pandemic first really hit, you know, there was uncertainty right in every industry. So we went through that whole moment of 
every day as a team checking in and saying, are we going to open in person? This is not for this year. I'm going back a year now when it first hit. We made a decision that we were going to be an in-person school. We would give we would give families that option of having a virtual experience, but we opened our doors on August 12th. And um, really, I think there's a there's a great leadership moment because once you're able to make a definitive decision on something, you go forward with it. So we didn't have this back and forth constant tugging, you know, should we, shouldn't we? Uh, and I think what allowed us to really prosper during COVID. Uh, is, is our size. You know, we, we, we didn't have much of a problem being socially distanced because we were, we're a small school, proudly a small school to begin with, but we did all of those protocols. We had the, you know, the six feet rule. I remember putting the, the arrows in the hallway, you know, the, in the, in the cafeteria, you see the partitions up. So kids are distanced. We changed a lot of the things about our schedule. I think the boarding community was impacted more. They were a little bit more of a bubble because we really felt like they, we, we couldn't do a lot of the things we used to do, but we, we had a full school year, you know, and um, it, it was, it was successful overall. We actually had CBS TV come out and do a, a story on us. So I have to okay. share that video. I'll share that video with you. That's, that's, that's nice. So, so, so basically then you, so you don't have a remote option. We, we did all of last year, this year we, we're opening in person and you know, there might be some kids who, if they really need that, if they can't get here, it typically be more for international students right. who literally still, because of airspace closure or embassy issues, cannot get here. You know, that could be an option for them. But for day students, we're 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 in person. Absolutely, and and, and that's 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 great. And uh, and the good thing is that we're it seems like we're on the the we're moving out of the pandemic. Plus, what you mentioned is really good in terms of social distancing and what you're doing at school. So it's a it's a pretty pretty uh, safe environment. We've seen the light come back a little bit, and mm-hmm. just in our summer programs, because the the Center for Global Youth Leadership programs, we have two cohorts. Those programs are are close to full, if not full already. So that's a in COVID we had to we kind of discontinued those because they were in the heart of the summer last year. This year, they're back up and thriving again. So just that's a, that's evidence of light. We're seeing light at the tunnel, for sure. Right, right. Uh, you touched a, a, a little bit on, about your size, the advantage, advantages of your size in terms of, I mean, you can social distance. And, and, and I know from, you know, my kids being like in a, in a classroom with, 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 a, with, a, 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 with less kids than, than a pack one, right? It, 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 it gives them an opportunity more uh, FaceTime, right. if, if, if you will. Absolutely. Uh, so do, do you have a, uh, a specific uh, ratio for, from, from teachers to students? What, what's your guideline on that? Typically, we're around 10 to 1. And remember, when schools talk about that ratio, they're talking about an average. So you'll see some classes that are larger. You'll definitely see some classes that are smaller. But that connect that connectedness, that ability to know every student almost almost really day one, you know, that's powerful. It's it's kind of hard to hide as a student. You know, your 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 teacher kind of learns very quickly where your strengths are, where your areas of growth have to be. That's really important. And Andre, I also I'm committed to every um, to meet with every single student, no matter how big we get, for what I call a success chat. 
I try to do that early in the year. I've got probably 30 questions. We sit face to face, every grade level, one-on-one. And it's, it's, it's hypothetical questions. It's questions about career, connecting the dots of who they are now to where they want to be. So that kind of information is so rich. And I learned so much about, about our kids. So critical. That's a small school. I've worked in big schools. It, it, it's hard to make it happen. I'm not saying it can't, but it's hard to make it happen. I choose to work and lead a small school for that reason. Right. And that's great. And I have first an experience. I know the effectiveness of our, of our, of our smallest, smaller school. Sure. And, uh, but, but Dean, I, I want you to uh, talk to us a little bit more on the, uh, the, the Center of Youth Leadership, the program that you're running there. Uh, if my child comes this, say, this, this summer, uh, is there another program for her to build on next, next, next year? Or is just the same uh, cu- curriculum every, every year? In the summertime specifically? Every summertime, right. Yeah, what I actually do is I part of the model that I like, it's kind of a constructivist model. At the end of one session, I scrap everything and start okay. fresh. I try to make it feel like a startup every time. That's what makes, to be honest, exciting. And I always have different speakers. And before we went on camera, I think I was recruiting you to come and speak to the kids, right? <laughs> I wanted to know, do you have some wisdom to impart? Something you would use that 30 minutes for with them. So I'm always trying to bring in different people and different kind of field trips and site visits and things like that. And then the kids themselves, they're, they're the difference makers because they it's their projects that run this program. It's not me. It's not a curriculum. It's them. So that changes every single year. Fantastic. That's right. Dean, I, I love, I love the, the, the passion. I can see, you know, the, the, the burning desire to help these kids. And, uh, and I think what you're doing and what Brandon Hall is doing is, a, is just a fantastic thing and to advance the community. So I want to tell our audience, what, what, what are you, how do you see the future of, of private schools evolving? So, you know, that's a that's a big one uh, because there are thousands and thousands of private school, although they only probably encompass less than 10 percent of all schools in the country and boarding schools even fewer. There's only about three to four percent of all schools or boarding schools in the U.S. Um, but I think private schools in general, the, the, the challenge will continue to be how to reflect diversity in their in their faculty and their staff and their student bodies. That's going to be a very important piece, you know, and diversity, I'm talking about all different levels, socioeconomic, racial, cultural. Uh, that's going to be incredibly important going forward for schools. And also, uh, certainly what I've learned over the years in, in school leadership, um, it's not just the leader being an academician. It's the leader being a business person and thinking about schools in that way, because in order for schools to survive, most of us are nonprofits, you know, so we've got to have dynamic programs and partnerships and, and all kinds of different things and be open to it. A, a lot of times in the past, private schools would be very insular. That's not going to make it, I think, in the future, at least for small schools. There may be some there's a lot of big schools out there with incredibly, you know, large endowments and things that maybe can survive anything. But I don't think that's the case for small schools. You got to work harder, think harder. Think differently every single day. You got to bring it, and, and you're right because the, the stigma is there that uh, you have to be at a certain level of the socioeconomic, you know, l- you know, level for you to be, you know, send your kids to a private school. 
Yeah, and, and most of our schools fortunately do offer financial aid and there are lots of different programs that we can work with, Georgia Goal mm -hmm. and some others, uh, you might be aware of that. So there are, you know, fortunately that in our industry, but there, there's so many kids that we can serve and that we have to continue to look for ways to give opportunities for those kids that need that smaller environment, right? That's great. That's great. And Dean, uh, thoroughly in, uh, enjoyed the conversation. You have been great. But Thank before you. you go, I want you to tell our audience how, how can we reach you and, and, uh, and, and learn more about uh, Brandon Hall? So um, one of the, to me, one of the best things, again, about a small school is I'm accessible pretty much directly. So you can, you can go to the brand www.brandhall.org, click on the about tag. There's a page there. You'll see my profile and different things I've written, but also my email. You can reach out. Anyone can reach out. I love touring people. I love bringing people on campus, but on the more on the admission side, there's admissions at brandonhall.org and a whole, again, a whole tab and series of pages just for that. Awesome. Awesome, sir. Again, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast today. You know, we learned a lot and, uh, you know, thank you for being awesome and, and you know, and just, just doing that great work in, in terms of helping our kids and our community. And I think you're, you're doing a really good thing. And uh, again, thank you. And uh, until we, we speak again. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for your show. I'm a subscriber. I, I would tell everyone out there, if they're not, make sure they do. You've got a lot of great topics that you do. And I think it's, it's you're serving a, a great purpose too. Appreciate it, Dean. Thank you so All much, right. sir. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Please visit our website at yourcompanyhealth.com. Also, you can listen to us on your favorite podcast platforms. Follow us on social media at Your Company Health. And lastly, subscribe to our YouTube channel for new episodes and highlights. Until next time, stay safe.